0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected
1: officials, or its staff.
2: Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Denise Colley. I am co-chair of the American Council of the Blind Scholarship Committee, uh, and my co-chair is Patty Slobby. And tonight I am here with uh, one of our Uh, scholarship committee members and two students to talk to you about our scholarship program which is starting to wind down which is why we wanted to come and give you more information especially if you're somebody who's thinking about you're going to school and you're thinking about applying and you're sort of still on the fence and you haven't quite decided we hope we can answer some questions but before I do that um, I want to say to uh, welcome to uh, my host for this evening Danette Dixon. Thank you, Danette. And to my streamer and our um, uh, clubhouse person for tonight, Belinda Bell. Thank you, Belinda. And um, then I'd like to also welcome, say thank you for joining me and welcome Lynn Powers, who's a member of our scholarship committee and is actively involved in um, the scoring of the applications and the uh, selection of our scholarship recipients. Um, welcome Lynn. Thank you, Denise. And I'd also like to welcome my two students. First of all, um, Emily Nelson, who is uh, a first year uh, scholarship winner this year, the 22-23 school year. Um, welcome, Emily, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. And Kevin Cohen, who's been around for a while. Um, he's probably gotten Three or four scholarships from us, Um, but two little scholarships occurred during um, our COVID time, and as you know, we didn't meet in person for two years, and so two of his um, scholarships were received during that time, and that uh, period was a little bit different for our scholarship winners than when we finally got to be back in person and he got to come to convention. So welcome, Kevin, and thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: I wanna start out by just sharing some information. Uh, The American Council of the Blind offers educational scholarships uh, ranging anywhere from $2,500 up to $7,500 for entering freshmen, undergraduate and graduate students, and students who are attending technical colleges. The program um, awards students with scholarships to help with Things like um, you know, educational financial needs, such as tuition, fees, uh, room and board, uh, books, or the purchase of or upgrading of assistive technology that you need to complete your college courses. Scholarships um, are awarded to students majoring in all kinds of areas, such as disability rehabilitation, education, law, business, computer science, data processing, programming, web development, music and the arts, advocacy, uh, disability services, and just about anything else you could think of. So what do I have to do to be eligible? Well, to be eligible for a scholarship, you need to be legally blind, you need to maintain a 3.0 GPA, um, and You need to be a full-time student or a part-time student who works at least 32 hours a week. And you need to be involved in your school and local community. Students need to submit their application this year by February the 14th. Um, That is the deadline date for applying. Our scholarship application process is now all online. So to apply online, um, candidates must first register for an ACB account um, prior to submitting a scholarship application online. Now, if you've already done this, you don't have to do it again. Um, What you need to do this time is just to log back into your account, and then you can go up to the top of the page where it says scholarship application, and you click on that link, and it gives you all of the information about the scholarship program and the application. And once um, you've created an account with ACB, then you log in, and then you get access to the scholarship information and application. Uh, so the website you need to go to is acb.org scholarships. You go there to create your account or to log in. And then it tells you how to go ahead and uh, uh, fill out your application. And it also gives you an information on how to contact our ACB office staff if you need assistance or you have uh, questions or you need more information. Now, uh, when you complete your application, and we'll talk about that in a minute, there are some documentation that you must include with your application. And you also provide those documents online you need to include with your completed application a certification of legal blindness from an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, or a a physician. And for those of you who may not know this, most of us do, but legal blindness is defined as an individual who cannot see better than 2200 in the best eye with glasses or contact lenses or whose visual field in the best eye is 20 degrees or less at the widest uh, diameter with glasses or contact lenses. You also must provide a transcript or transcripts from the school you are currently attending. So if you are a a sophomore or a junior or a senior or a graduate student, you need to submit any transcripts from the college that you're currently attending. If you're an entering freshman, then you need to include your high school uh, transcripts. And graduate students will need to include undergraduate uh, transcripts. And also, um, I just want to let everybody know, if you are a returning student, say you went to college and you left for a while and you came back, by all means, you still are eligible to apply for scholarships. Uh, we had somebody last year who uh, had gone to school and left to do something else and went back in his 60s and got a scholarship and is an absolutely amazing person. So, um, you you know, you certainly, return, returning students are also eligible. Um, unless there are extenuating, extenuating circumstances, you know, the 3.0 cumulative grade point average is required. You also need to provide two letters of recommendation. They need to be from a current or recent instructor, career counselor, or employer, not friends. Um, These need to be, you know, professional, uh, people who've worked worked with you in an educational or professional capacity. Each letter uh, needs to be submitted separately. So don't submit them both in the same um, file. We need the letter submitted separately. You also need to provide proof proof of acceptance from a post-secondary school. So you have to provide us with proof that you have been accepted and enrolled in the college that you plan to attend in the fall. And entering and transferring students need to submit a notice or letter from the admissions office certifying your acceptance or your consideration for admission. And if this isn't available when you, uh, when you apply, when you submit your application, you, you must make sure that it is submitted as soon as is, uh, it is available because it's really important that we need to have that. And then students, if you're a returning scholarship winner and you're continuing at the same school that you attended during this past year, then you don't need to submit this document because we already have that. And in addition to the scholarship award, ACB uh, was like, what do we pay for? Well, we pay the following travel expenses for each winner who's attending the conference and convention. One of our requirements, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but one of our requirements for receiving a scholarship is you are required to attend our ACB conference and convention this summer. And so what we pay for is airfare, air transportation, ground transportation from your home to the airport, and from the airport back to your home, um, as long as you can provide receipts not to exceed $100. We pay for shuttle service from the airport to the conference hotel uh, provided with a receipt, and you must use the shuttle if um, a hotel shuttle is available or if there is a shuttle available. We provide one half of a hotel room for up to seven nights, so we pair you with another scholarship winner, a, a JP Morgan Chase um. Uh, leadership fellow winner or a DKM, George K. McDaniel, uh, first-timer uh, winner. Um, if you have family that are coming with you, they are certainly invited to come, um, but that is at their own expense, and if they're going to share a room with you, then they have to pay their half of the room and we pay the other half. We also will reimburse you for any pre-registration fees and other um, required convention activities that we require you to participate in during the time that you're at convention. <clears throat> um, we also provide a per diem allowance for meals and incidentals, and that kind of is based on whatever the per diem rate is in the city where we happen to be. Um, as I said, it is a requirement that all acb scholarship awardees attend the national convention this year's convention is being held from july 5th through july 12th in jacksonville florida and at a minimum you must be present and i'm, I'm doing this because i don't want to discourage anybody but um, I don't want to cause angst for anybody either. And so I think it's important before you even apply that you know some of the requirements. Because if you apply and you know perfectly well you can't do these things and you've gone through all this trouble, then um, you know that's that we don't want you to have to go through that. So we want to be very clear on what our requirements are. So at a minimum, you must be present through the formal scholarship presentation at convention general session. So, um, we strongly encourage you to attend the entire convention event, and we're going to have our students in a while talk to you about that, what that was like for them. Um, And the reason for this is that... Um, if we're going to provide you with an ACB scholarship we want you to have an opportunity to have the full ACB experience we want you to be immersed immersed in the full ACB experience and that can only happen when you come to convention and you participate in our national conference and convention because it's our big event of the year you're going to meet a lot of other blind people you're going to meet professionals, you're going to find out about all of our state affiliates and special interest affiliates that you might want to be a part of, and that's and, and you get to hear a lot of speakers. And that's um, where you really get to learn about the organization. Um, if there are extenuating circumstances that would make um, you unable to meet this requirement uh, then you have to make this known at the time of your interview each st- student who gets selected to be interviewed has a um, uh, online well has a um, telephone or zoom whatever whatever they however they're going to do it but you actually get interviewed by your subcommittee and this is one of the things you need to tell them is you know i i i i really can't do this um and then you have to submit any um required uh, any appropriate supporting documentation to tell us why you can't go. Um, We have a policy in place for convention attendance and examples of extenuating circumstances that we would allow, that would be totally acceptable and we wouldn't question, well, you would still need to provide us with documentation, would be if you are getting a guide dog, you all of a sudden gotten told your guide dog school application has been accepted and there's an opening and you can come because we know those happen at the very last minute. So if that happens, yes, that would be a legi- legitimate excuse for not coming. Or if you've previously planned a trip out of the country. Now, if you indicate that you are unable to attend due to such reasons as you have a summer internship. Uh, you've got a work experience or a summer job, or you're going to be participating in a blindness training program. Uh, you're going to summer school. Um, you have received a. You're going to receive a scholarship from another organization. Um, it is suggested, strongly suggested, that you. You'll know soon enough. Uh, that you're going to get this scholarship, that you request the time away from that event, that opportunity to attend, um, at least from the start of the conference and convention up to the formal uh, scholarship presentation at the convention general se- session. Um, and um, it, the inability to attend the conference will be taken into consideration in the the selection process. So if you've said you can't go to convention, that is going to be considered in the selection process as the committees are reviewing your um, application. And then any final exception that needs to be made will be made by the scholarship committee co-chairs. Scholar, if you are under the age of 18, you're going to soon turn 18, but you're under the age of 18 and you graduated and you're going on to college, you are not required to attend the conference and convention. however, you can do so if you have the consent of your parents to do so. And um, we have a couple of uh, states who have state scholarships that they offer. Um, but they do um, uh, ask that we, you know, we work those scholarships through our process. Um, and if they have res- residency requirements, or you have to be a resident of that state, um, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Massachusetts are the three right now that do that, um, then that affiliate is expected to pay your travel costs for this, uh, to attend the convention. And if the state affiliate cannot do that, then you're not required to attend the convention. So I want to make those things clear. Um we we, the things that we primarily provide do for the our, our requirements for the scholarship winners at convention are we have a scholarship dinner just for the scholarship winners and the scholarship committee and some invited guests. Unfortunately, family are not able to come to the dinner that is on the first night of the convention. We have a scholarship reception where we invite all of our state and special interest affiliate representatives to come. That's where family can come, anybody that's there that wants to come to the reception. Uh, We do do a pre-convention orientation. I do two orientations, Zoom orientations, where I bring on the convention coordinator, the um, program coordinator and or president of the ACB Students Affiliate to talk about what their programs are going to be like and what the convention is going to be like. So you kind of know what you're getting yourself into if you have never been to a convention before and you are required to attend one of those orientations. And then um, if there are other activities that um, we think would be beneficial for you to participate in and we ask you to attend those, um, then you would be required to attend those um, activities. So um, with that, um, I'm going to, at this point, turn it over to, we have, um, we have, um, our application has like, um, you fill out the main main part of the application, and then it has four um, areas that we score you, you on, and you can get up to 30 points, a total of 30 points for these four Um, target areas that we are looking at in terms of your uh, level of um, participation. And so I'm going to this point, turn it over to Lynn Powers, who is, uh, as I said, a member of one of our four subcommittees to tell you a little bit more about what those are, what the what the committees look for, what you need to know about completing your application and anything else she thinks that you need to know. So Lynn.
3: Thank you. Um, yeah, like she said, there's four, uh, um, four, four, four sections to the application. The first one, there's probably five, because the first one just has your personal information on it. But the ones that we score, the first one is about your education. And it'll ask you what your major is and, and for your grade point And your course, your transcripts are there. What subjects you might enjoy the most, what you want to do for a career. All, all things that are education related um the second topic is extracurricular activities what have you done in school you know what what are you involved in outside of school do I have this right Denise because I know mm-hmm. there's us the before I remember are the education the extracurriculars the last one is advocacy what's the third one community involvement community okay so we, we score on the edu- education which is like I said, it's fairly straightforward because you know what you're doing in school and you know how you're doing and what you like. And, and if you have any school activities, you belong to any, you know, clubs or whatever. And then the next is employment or uh, what you've done outside of school. Uh, some of the questions are mixed in between those two. And then the community involvement one, you want to talk about, you know, um, any, any, it could be even your, your church or um, um, any volunteering you might have done um a lot of people talk about how they worked at various summer camps or um, just all kinds of, just this all kinds of things depending on what what sort of volunteering they might have done uh, during during their time in high school or early college. The last one is the one that gives people some, I think some angst or some stress because you have to talk about your own personal advocacy and things that you might've advocated for. And this is the one section that we run into sometimes and people don't fill it out. And that's not a good strategy. Try and come up with something. If you advocated for yourself, if you advocated for a friend, um, you know, even if you, um, know try and be creative it doesn't have to be a long story but just you know make sure you fill out everything um there's also some questions along the way um if you're the only one in your family with a a disability or you can talk about how you know any hardships you've had we had one student who was from another country and had to leave because things got hostile um and um You know, there's various life experiences that you may have had that contribute to your being, you know, your situation and why you might need help. That also is in the advocacy section. Not everybody has that. And and for a lot of people, if you're coming in as as an incoming freshman, maybe you haven't lived on your own yet. Maybe you've had little jobs here and there. Maybe, you know, um, your application is just not going to be as full as someone else's. And that's okay. Because we, we realize that, you know, if you're 18, 19 years old and you're just getting started, then you you haven't, you know, haven't done as much yet. So we, we rate those four. And on the committee that I'm on, which is the business and um, finance, there's three of us on the committee. And almost every time when we get together to evaluate, we all rate everybody pretty much the same way. Like, it's amazing how if we were to pick out the top, here, people from the group that we just uh, just looked at, everybody kind of agrees with it. So we, our committee at least, doesn't have yet. We haven't yet had a lot of uh, arguments over that. It's usually not. It's usually kind of, you know, I, um, it's, it's it's usually e- easy for us to, you know, we just kind of gravitate towards what we're looking for in the, in the same people. Do I think I missed Denise, sir? Um.
2: When you're when you're looking at um, your your educational um, you know pursuits, um, one of the things that that you want to address um, is not only what you're doing and what you've done, but what if you've had any barriers or any challenges you know to pursuing your education, what those were, because those are really helpful to know. And as you're filling out your application, sometimes we get you know, we also ask things like um, what t- assistive technology do you use? And, you know, if you want to tell us about your work, you know, if you've got any employment history, um, that's helpful to know. The more we can know about you, the better. It used to be we just asked everybody to write an essay. And while those were good, they didn't always tell us everything we wanted to know. Or sometimes this way we don't always learn everything we want to know either. But, um, it does, you know, it does help us um, uh um, a, you know, look at the students and know sort of what your what your background is. Um, when you com- when you're filling out the application, um, please try not to leave blanks. Um, even if you you know like under the advocacy, if you've never advocated, just say you know no, never done it. You know, tell us something so that we know. But but I think people would be surprised to know what they may have done in terms of advocacy that they didn't even really realize were advocacy related you know they didn't they didn't realize they were advocating for themselves and one of the reasons we ask that ask um the, the in this area is because not all of you may know this but for the most part if you are a blind student and you've gone through uh uh elementary and secondary school uh Things were provided to you. You didn't. You didn't have to go out and ensure that your tests were going to be provided in an accessible format. You didn't have to go and talk to a professor about uh, providing you with the with the PowerPoint slides or whatever you know they're using, whatever teaching method they're using before. When you get into college, you have to do those things. And so, we want to know how prepared you are for being able to. Um, you know, to, to handle some of those things that may be, you know, uh, a surprise to you. Anything else, Lynn?
3: Um, no, i think we've pretty much, pretty much covered it. Um, like you said I, it's, it's been a, a really interesting process to be involved in. I, I, I've never done this before where I evaluate somebody on the other side of the, other side of the fence, like <laughs> behind the scenes. That's, a, that's been very interesting.
2: The process, how the process works is you fill out and submit your application. Then your applications, all the applications are reviewed by um, the two uh, scholarship co-chairs plus plus possibly one more person. Um, And then we identify what specific scholarships you meet the eligibility requirements for. You're not required. You're not applying for a particular scholarship when you apply. You're just applying for a scholarship. Period. We determine which ones your what you've told us and what you know your what you're going to school to what your degree is in and things like that. That's what helps us determine which scholarships you you would be eligible for. So we place you in all in. you know, we, we do the spreadsheet thing, so we place you, your name, and all of the scholarships that we believe you would, you know, be eligible for. um Once we have done that, then um, those lists then go to each of our four subcommittees, and each of our subcommittees do, we have, um, as Lynn said, we have... um Business and accounting. We have uh, we have a, a subcommittee that does deals with education and social work and vocational rehabilitation. One that deals with your STEM activities, your science, math, um, engineering, uh, technology, all the technology stuff, all the computer stuff. And then we have a subcommittee that is called our state our our um uh special uh, uh, states and special um uh courses like if you're going in if you're um going into music or art or something that doesn't foreign language or something that doesn't fit into one of these other three then you would be um in that in that cat in that group and so you the subcommittee gets the list of all of the students who met the requirements for the particular scholarships that they are uh, interviewing for. Then they, they go ahead and do their scoring based on the 30-point um, scale that Lynn was just talking about. Then um, they select their top person, persons that they want to interview do the, where they do the actual interviewing of you and you get called and the time gets scheduled for your interview. And then, um, once the interviews are done, then they select their candidate, their top candidate for each scholarship that they're interviewing for and up to two alternates for each one of those scholarships. So you might not be necessarily the person that was, um, had the top scoring and received the top marks for your interview and your application you might but you might be an alternate and that isn't such a bad thing because last this last year we had four students who ended up not being able to come to convention and uh, we had to use alternates for all four of those scholarships so sometimes being an alternate isn't such a bad thing um and once we've you know we've um reviewed all of that and we've show, we've been able to see that if we have somebody who is eligible for a scholarship um, from two different subcommittees, then the subcommittees get together to do the interviewing. So you're, you're not interviewed three or four different times. Um, so you, know, you can be eligible for several scholarships. It just that's just how it turns out. And then um, once we've made that determination that everybody is, you know, everything's copacetic and we have all of our choices and we have all our alternates and we don't have any repeats, then you get notified that you've been selected to receive the scholarship or that you are an alternate. And um, and then um, the subcommittee meets with you. I mean, and, and during the interview, the subcommittee talks to you about the convention and can you go and answers any other questions that you have, you know, about, um, about, about, um, the scholarship program or the convention, or anything like that. And we're going to try to have some other activities throughout the year for our scholarship winners. So it won't just be convention. We're kind of we're looking at trying to do some other zoom things to to keep you engaged, to keep the students engaged and to keep you uh, to help you get to know each other a little better, and you know that kind of thing. Now, if a winner does need to cancel their attendance at the conference and convention, after their plane tickets have been purchased because we do purchase the plane tickets unless it's uh for a really valid reason reimbursement for those incurred expenses will be deducted from your scholarship award so you do need to know that um you know as i said there may be extenuating circumstances such as a death in the family that don't require that funds be re, uh, re, be deducted But um, we we look at those very closely, and they're they're really handled on a case-by-case basis. But the ultimate decision about whether or not to award someone a scholarship is um, who is unable to attend the convention, as I said, is at the discretion of the chairs. Um, If you get a scholarship, you you receive the first half of your award around the beginning of September. Then you have to provide verification that you are enrolled and attending school. Um, Then you'll receive the remainder at the beginning of the new uh, year, or the beginning of the new quarter or semester, as long as you have provided us with your grade transcripts from the first semester and verification that you are enrolled in the spring semester or spring quarters. If you don't do that, then. You know, we can't give you the second half of your scholarship, or if you just didn't bother to attend the first half and you didn't tell us why. So, you know, they're they're just some common sense things you have to
3: think about. Now, I would like to have. Can I add one thing, Denise? Yeah. There's no requirement as to what you spend your money on. If you need to spend it on tuition or room and board, but most importantly, if you need to spend it on some assistive technology or, you know, something that's going to assist you that you know you don't have another sort funding source for? I mean, we don't ask what you did with the money. We just ask that there's proof that you were actually a student, which is what Denise just said. Yes, and what you were taking. Um, and we don't have
2: a limit. Oh, we don't have a limit as to the number of scholarships and how many years you can apply. But I will tell you that we are only able to pay your convention expenses the first two years you go to convention. Now, in like in Kevin's case, Kevin was <laughs> able to go to convention, get four scholarships because he only um, and they were all covered because he could only go to convention twice. Because we've only held two two um, conventions in person since COVID. So that's how that worked. And we wanted to give all those students a chance. So now I am going to have you meet our students and I'm going to ask them a few questions. And I'm going to start with Emily because Emily is uh uh this was her first year of getting a scholarship. so she is an entering fresh was an entering freshman. Emily, where do you live?
0: Um hi everyone. Um, I live in Fishers, Indiana
2: and where are you going to school?
0: I'm going to Indiana University Bloomington.
2: And what are you looking at studying or what do you what have you I'm sure as a freshman you haven't totally declared yet, but what are you <laughs> looking at going into? <laughs>
0: So yeah, actually, um, I am studying cybersecurity global policy, but I applied for ACB scholarship as an international law major. So pretty close to what I applied for. Absolutely.
2: What was your what was the process like for you the first time having to do this online application? Yeah, a lot of it was, you know, I didn't know
0: what to put down. And I think the advocacy thing is really important. Um, I remember I assume what I wrote down is about talking to my teachers. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the teachers I've had didn't know how to teach a blind person. And so if you do that with you know your teachers, if they're like, hey, I don't know how to teach a blind person. And you're like, it's okay, because I know how to do it. That's advocating for yourself. That's saying, you know, this is how I like to have it done. So I, I recommend doing it like that. But um, yeah, I wrote down about my Um, talking to my teachers and a lot of it also I um, was really really nervous for the interview but don't be nervous for the interview (laughs) because they're very very sweet
2: there are still people they don't bite
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um, but yeah um, regarding the things I put on my application just to give you guys an idea of what's put on yours um As far as academically, I took honors classes, AP classes, but obviously you don't have to do that. Um, I was on an academic team for government called We The People um, that went to nationals. um, And so that was like the biggest thing I did that year. Um, And then as far as extracurriculars, I did Taekwondo and like uh, therapeutic horseback riding. And then for the working, I um, did an internship through my city's parks and rec department my senior year. So half the day I did classes and half the day I went to uh, work for the city. And then I also worked at Steak and Shake. Um, I say that with pride, it was a great time. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of an idea of what you can put on yours, but that's most of what I did as a senior.
2: Now is your, where you're going to school, I mean, did you live on campus? Did you live at home? Where have you been living? Yeah, so I live in a dorm. And the this is
0: actually interesting of because I used the ACB scholarship to pay for a single dorm. I have a guide dog and I did not feel comfortable um living with another person nor did the um the housing people they were like it's best if you get a single. But obviously singles are more expensive. And so I was really nervous about how to pay for this single and, you know, have this, but also be comfortable, you know, living with a guide dog. And so that's what I used my scholarship on um, to be able to be in a single. And I got other scholarships around, but it was able to help me pay for a majority of it. But I live pretty on campus. I live on the edge. But I mean, I walk around to everything. So I don't obviously I don't drive.
2: Do you um how is it going from living at home to living in a dorm? Did you have any qualms when you first started? It's crazy. You guys are going to be
0: I I mean I didn't know how to wash my own dishes. I had it sit there for a month and a half. You guys probably don't want to hear that, but that's what happened. And my mom was like this is disgusting. Um it's you will learn how to take care of yourself, do your own laundry, um, if you have, if you are applying for a guide dog or on the list, you know I came into school with my guide dog. I got her last February, so you know this was such a new experience doing it, and it definitely is a lot. Um, the ACB convention was actually my first time uh, going out of state without my parents or any adult figure so it's definitely a big step in your guys's lives but it's going to be amazing
2: and any final advice you'd give students yeah
0: i would say um don't sweat the interview honestly um i was so nervous for my interview but then halfway through i you know i got to chatting and halfway through i didn't even re- remember that it was an interview and so really just be yourself and um you know say your passions you know, my passion is international law. It still is. And so I really think just showing what you're passionate about and how being disabled hasn't hindered you at all, or if it has, how you've overgrown
2: that. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, Kevin, where are you from?
1: I am from Long Island, New York.
2: And where are you going to school?
1: So I'm in my fourth year at Binghamton University, which is part of the State University of New York, and I'm studying accounting and economics.
2: You've been a part of this program for a while, so yeah, it's um, been
1: it's been a hot second.
2: <laughs> tell us, kind of, t- just briefly, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you know it's how the scholarships have assisted you and why people should apply for scholarships.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It's been so thinking back. I guess to my to my first year applying, I was a senior in high school, um, and it was during the uh, lockdown, so it was a little uh, it was a little bit different then um, about going into college, not knowing what I'm getting myself into uh, in terms of visiting and all that stuff was remote. Um, But I think having uh, the support of ACB and the scholarship committee, and knowing that there was a whole team of people there who Kind of ended up sticking around uh, for my college journey. Um, it was it was really helpful, um, and I think the highlight of the of the program were definitely the in person conventions. Starting, I think it was going into my junior year, uh, was the first in person convention in Chicago, uh, and that's when I got more involved in ACB students. Um, I started off as a member, and then I was the treasurer. Um, and now I'm the president. ACB Students is the affiliate organization for students um, in ACB. So we have uh, events during convention for the scholarship winners and any other students that might be attending uh, and kind of create a community both at the convention and during the year, um, different programs for students, usually college, some high school, uh, but you know we have those programs. Actually, really, your
2: first, your first online—I mean, your first in-person was in Omaha.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was in yeah. Omaha. I got—I got I, Omaha, I mixed them up. Yeah. First, <laughs> okay. the first in-person was in Omaha. The second in-person convention was in Chicago last year. Yeah, very last different year. cities. Both, both, uh, interesting to uh, to visit. Um, but yeah, it, the 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 convention was by far the highlight on both times uh, of of the scholarship program.
2: What was your being, favorite? What was the best part of convention for you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it was the camaraderie and the community that I think the fellow scholarship winner built with each other. Um, so we had the programming, which was great, um, which was kind of the first, the first part, which made it great. So the ACB students programming, there were all sorts of programs and events that you know, gave scholarship winners and other students the opportunity to meet each other and become friends. Um, and then there was also the um, more social uh, events that we had so you know on our own the scholarship winners um, you know would would go out to dinner we you know in Omaha we went to the zoo it's supposed to be one of the biggest in the country so that was a lot of fun um, and kind of we were all in it together and you know some of the a lot of the people that even in Omaha you know I first met I'm still friends with now so it's a really it's a really great opportunity to to meet people who are dealing with with similar challenges as you, um, which for me, at least this was kind of the first time that I was in an environment with, with other visually impaired people, uh, to this, to this extent. Um, and you know, it, discussing different experiences and getting advice from other people on how they've overcome challenges that you're also facing um, has been, has been, I don't know, it's really enjoyable and I found it helpful. And enough to the point where I wanted to get more involved in the students affiliate, and hopefully help you guys out uh, when you know you eventually get more involved and if you ever need anything.
2: Emily, what was the best part of convention for you?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say the camaraderie is really great. I was super nervous, as I said, this was my first time being alone. Um, I got into you know O'Hare on my own, so I knew one person that was a scholarship winner. She went to my high school, but that was it. We weren't friends. And so I was so nervous being like, oh my gosh. And I never really connected with other blind people. Um, I've been to camps at the school for the blind in my state, but a lot of the kids there had other disabilities and I never really felt like I could connect with them very well, but coming to the convention and seeing all these people And, you know, talking with people. Like, yes, I want to go abroad, too. Like, that's so crazy. And it's really great seeing that. And as Kevin said, you do get to hang out a lot with the scholarship winners. You kind of quickly become a tight-knit group. We went to dinners a lot. Uh, We also took a little trip on our own to Trader Joe's, uh, which was super fun. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I definitely think the camaraderie and also just the events there i attended so many events it was so amazing um i attended let me think there was a lot of acb students ones that i attended but there's also other ones there was an international travel one i went to and i met people that went to indiana university in the 60s and it's crazy how similar of you know, people you meet at ACB, cited or not sighted. It's honestly crazy. Um, and you'll never know who you're going to talk to at ACB, which I think is also super fun. I mean, I sat down one day and my guide dog, like, booped noses with another guide dog. And we started talking and I was like, oh, have you been to the convention before? She's like, I have been before. And turns out she was the president of ACB. And I was like, oh, okay. I am so sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had a 15-minute conversation with the president. And you know, people are just so, so sweet. And I am so excited if you guys get to go and hope to see you guys there this summer, too.
2: And I guess um, one last question just quickly. Um Now, both Kevin and Emily did exactly what we hope will happen. That that is our goal for happening. Because what we do, one of the things I try to do is to, um, as I'm working with the scholarship winners before we go to convention, I try to connect you with the special interest affiliate. Now, we have state affiliates and we have special interest affiliates. And special interest affiliates are affiliates that are more, uh, they're not geographically based. They're made up of people from all over the all over the country who have a common interest like in library services or braille or low vision or guide dog users or attorneys or teachers or um, information technology or you know just about anything we have a special interest affiliate for so I'll try to connect you with those special interest affiliates so you can be connected with those also. And so Emily and Kevin did what we hoped would happen and is our goal. They not only came to the convention, but they didn't come to the convention and then just go home and say, oh, well, that was nice. That was fun. they got involved. They wanted to become involved in ACB and they joined ACB students, which is probably the first step that you would take. I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them wouldn't move on to other ACB uh, special interest affiliates or their, or their state affiliate, even when they're no longer going to school. But not only did they get involved in ACB students, they joined the leadership of ACB students. And we have the president and the treasurer of ACB students. So that's... Excuse me, Denise, uh, it's a quote tell. Thank you, Jeanette. Um, that's the kind of thing we're looking for, is that kind of involvement. That's what we're encouraging our students to do. We have given you a lot of information. Oh, the very last thing I wanted to say, because I did forget to say is, um, we our, we award about mm, ninety dollars to $95,000 a year in scholarships. And we have 22 scholarships that we award. So that tells you that we have quite a few. I would now like to open it up to questions um from uh anybody on zoom or anybody in clubhouse so danette i'll turn it over to you you get those hands up okay no hands yet no hands not yet we can't obviously be told you everything (laughs) (laughs) how about in clubhouse
3: Bell. Apparently not.
2: We'll give it a couple minutes, or, we, or we'll wind it up. But I really want to, you know, be able to answer people's questions. You know, if you are um, a student thinking about applying for a scholarship, please take all of this information that we've given you into consideration. If you are an affiliate president that is listening to this or um, uh, uh, another affiliate officer and you know, and you've got students in your affiliate that need to know, you know, that uh, we give out, we do have these scholarship application, our scholarships and that the time is drawing near to um, submit your application, make sure they know about it. Make sure they go up on the website and, and uh, complete those applications because we want we want to get lots of them still no hands no Uh huh well then what i'm going to do is give each of our three um, panelists a chance to say any one any final words that they'd like to and we can you know we can always end a little a little early so, Lynn, anything you'd like to,
3: any final words? Uh, not too many other than to say, you know, go ahead and apply and best of luck. And whether you get a scholarship or not, you know, just keep going because education is a huge ticket for, you know, doing well in life. And you all heard that already before. So, you know, all, just all the best of, uh, you know, be yourself and, all, you know, hope it all works out well for you.
2: And, you know, and if you apply, if you're somebody who applied last this last year and you didn't get a scholarship, please apply again. Just I mean, you know, we get 100 applications and we have 22 scholarships we can um, we can give out. So, um, you know, there's always going to I mean, there is the competition for them, but. Um, apply again this year. I always say that every year you reapply, you learn a little more, and you do a little better, both in the in the oral interview and in the application uh, uh, process. Because you know you learn things from each time that you apply. How about you, Emily? Any last words? Yeah, um,
0: I would just say really think about what you put in the application, and you know if you do go to the convention, really take the most of it. Because uh, what I've noticed is you really take what you've learned from, you know, applying for the scholarship and in the convention, you know, with you. So, I mean, I'm going to Germany this fall and in the application to go abroad, it asks, what was a time you were resourceful? And I thought back to my ACB application. I said, hey, I've already answered this question. <laughs> and so um, just really think and dive into your own character and you know i think this scholarship also makes you realize things about yourself that you didn't even realize was super cool so yeah mm-hmm. hope to see y'all there
2: kevin since we have a little bit of time i want to ask you um this is going to be your last sure. this is your last year what are your, pl- what are your plans <laughs> when you graduate <laughs> what what's what's in the future <laughs> for kevin cohen
1: <laughs> that's a good question um well, I'm finishing up school in May. Uh, I'm currently studying for the CPA exam, which is a, become a certified public accountant. Um, I have a job lined up um, after I graduate, starting in January of next year. Um, and between then, between now and then, uh, hopefully plan to travel and finish studying and taking all the exams
2: huh. <laughs> Are you yeah, going you plan to stay in New York or?
1: Yeah, my job, my job's in New York city. So great. And I'm great, great, uh, great. very excited. Great.
2: One final time. I'm... Oh, go ahead. Yes.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Uh, anything, any final words you'd like to, any final things you'd like to share?
1: Uh, Sure. So honestly, there's really no reason not to apply. It's, it's, a great opportunity to help pay for college and the conventions are so much fun and a really great learning experience. Um, you know, it's kind of, you get out what you put in. If you, if you put in a lot of energy to the conventions and your application um, and you stay involved then you'll got to get a lot out of it. Uh, if you don't put energy into your application, then, you know, you, you probably won't get the scholarship. Um, and if you do put energy into it and you don't get it, apply again next year. Uh, Cause I know many people who, don't get it the first time. And, you know, it's just uh, a numbers game. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you grow over time. Also, if anyone needs any help um, or resources when they're transitioning to college or anything else academic related or college related, feel free to reach out to any of the ACB students board members.
2: And how do they contact well you? What's your, do you have a website or, how, or email or how would they So you? you?
1: could you could go to acbstudents.org. And all of our contact information is there. Um, my email is president at acbstudents.org, and Emily's email is treasurer at acbstudents.org. So, and
0: also follow yeah. our Instagram. Yes,
1: Instagram, Facebook. are everywhere. LinkedIn. Okay.
2: All right, Danette, one final time. Any hands? Let me make sure. No. All right. Well, just final reminders. Go to acb.org slash scholarships to get to the application. Remember that if you have not done so before, you need to create your um, log in your account, your ACB account. And then f- once you've created it the one time, then all you have to do it after that is just log in. Um, don't forget to do the applications. Don't forget that the deadline date is February the 14th. Um, And we hope to get lots of applications. So I just want to say thank you, everyone, for joining us on uh, Zoom in Clubhouse on ACB Media. And and, uh, hopefully we've given you some good information tonight and some helpful information. And again, thank you to Lynn and Kevin and Emily for joining me tonight.